Tales from the Chair is not intended to diagnose or treat any condition, illness, or disease. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for mental health treatment. Should you or a loved one require further assistance, please seek out a licensed professional. Welcome to Tales from the Chair. I'm Carlos Cardenas. Today's episode, hey, so you're having a kid. Congrats. Now what? Every year in the United States, 4 million children are born. As a result of this, new parents generally have a 70 to 80% chance of experiencing the baby blues. 10% of dads tend to develop depression. 10 to 20% of moms tend to get clinical postpartum depression. One in seven moms who end up getting postpartum actually have what's called late onset postpartum, which basically means even after the kid is six months, a year old, two years old, they still fall into this significant ailment that affects a lot of newfound parents, even parents who have had children before. When you have a past history of mental health issues, you have a 50% higher likelihood of not only having a mental health deficiency arise from parenthood, but also of psychosis actually being prominently present. And when you start mixing in other factors, such as 43% of U.S. children being raised fatherless, or that 2% of all children born in the United States are the result of infidelity, you start to think, well, it's going to get complicated real fast even if you have support from your family, support from your partner, and you have a general sense of what you're supposed to do. So this episode is about not only taking into account the things that you shouldn't do when you now become a parent, but also the things that you need to be aware of for the sake of your partner. Because it turns out, Having a kid is really hard. It's an exciting time in your life, but also there's a lot of stuff that happens as a result of it. And if you're not careful, it could lead to a lot of difficulties, especially ones that are very contradictory to the very special time you're having in your life. So when we come back, we'll go into some of the stories, a little bit of things that we can consider doing in order to avoid potential issues and to just kind of discuss what really is happening out there. So for my first story, it starts with a couple that I was working with, and they came in when they were pregnant to address some issues where the wife was having concerns about how they were going to manage their newfound family, and the husband was concerned with not having too much work to do. Now, I was able to work with them up and through the pregnancy until the child was born, and about two weeks after they had the child, they came in to see me again, because, well... Kind of interesting. So let's do a little backstory about this couple. Um, One of them is a professional, and the other one was a teacher. The professional, he was one that did not have hobbies or didn't partake in any extracurricular activities. Frankly, he was the kind of person that would go to his job, do what he needed to do, come home, probably watch a movie, play some video games, and that was about it. Sports, no-go. Entertainment, why bother? Hobbies, waste of time. Very simple kind of individual. But when they came in to see me after 
the birth, the wife told me about a peculiar thing that happened. The day after she gave birth, it dawned on this individual, the husband, that he wanted to go out with his friends who were going that day on a boating trip. This is an individual who had never gone on a boat, never had any interest in boating, never had gone fishing, never really had any kind of interest in doing any of these activities. And yet, a day after having their first child, they felt compelled to go out with their friends because, you know, an opportunity that could not be lost. And he spent the whole day, if you're familiar with boating, that's not exactly a one or two hour venture, it's a whole day affair. And he returns back to the hospital where his wife, tending to her childbirth wounds and child who now just recently got born and was delighted at the idea of boating and felt that it would be a good idea to maybe do that every two weeks or so. And, and this was befuddling to the newfound mother because where the hell did this come from? They were together for at least 10 years. They had never engaged in any of these kind of activities. And yet... The day after he gets his first kid, all of a sudden it is compelled to regain this hobby. And from where he was sitting, he felt joyous at the idea of having something new to do. So he didn't see actually any problem with what he was suggesting, while she was slightly horrified because, wait, this is a thing now? And so it started to become an issue because this is where that line gets drawn of an individual's pursuits versus the needs of the family. And you just don't do that. There's at least an element of timing that you have to take into account when you're going to pursue these kind of things. And it looks really bad when you are literally doing it the day after your kid is born. And look, maybe people aren't so direct with how they partake in certain malfeasance like this, but it does tend to happen this way where it's like now all of a sudden you're going to the gym twice a day because you really need to work out or you feel compelled to get your hair done once a week because that's something that is absolutely needed. There are certain things that you need to be aware of that you're doing it almost as an evasion of your newfound parenting skill and that needs to be addressed as a couple. And another person that I worked with had a very similar issue, but in the much more subtle way. They had, uh, it was another couple, they came in and they recently had their second child. Very good family. One was a healthcare professional and the other one was a business person. The story once again happens where two weeks after the child, the second child is born, the husband decides to go out to play dominoes with his friends. And he played dominoes every here and there. But it was different this time. Because shortly after coming back from that dominoes tournament or whatever it is that he did, he goes up to his wife and is like, I think I want to start playing dominoes and buy a dominoes table and start having people over every week. Like, I think that that would be a great idea. And of course, she questioned the motive, saying that this was very strange and the timing was poor and they had a baby and they were working on this. And he said, no, 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 but this is why I need to get the table because then we can have people over and then I can help with the baby in the middle of the tournament and then we could get back to it. And she put a stop to that immediately because it was just irregularly suspicious. And he actually was the one who wanted to come into therapy because he thought that she was being irrational. He found something that he was trying to indoctrinate into his household. It was something that he was already doing. She gave him permission to do it when he went out that 
one time, and now she was all of a sudden turning and changing the stakes. But he could not see how ridiculous what he was asking was because it was purely something for himself that he wanted to do on an extreme level without even taking her feelings into account by asking her directly because he was saying it was for her and considering her, but it had nothing to do with her. And that's just it. When you're having a kid, it is no longer, I'm going to do something for myself and hopefully they go along with it. It is a outright collaboration that you have to have with your partner. Otherwise, it's going to lead to a lot of difficulties in this very strenuous and very unique time. This last story involves two separate couples that have come in into my office with the same exact scenario across the board, but slightly different outcomes. It involves the husband, in both scenarios, being traveling business professionals. One had a contract with the military in which they provided services in different destinations. The other one, a businessman who sold a product but had to go across the country and throughout different countries in order to provide the services. In both stories, the wife was a advanced professional in their industries, one a healthcare professional and another one also a businesswoman. So they these families, they get pregnant for the first time and the wives, they slow down and almost cease their jobs in order to attend to their uh, late term pregnancy and preparation for their first kid. But the husbands continue to do their job at the same clip and basically did not cease any of their efforts in order to be providers. And eventually the kid is born, and in both of these cases, the husbands were able to stay for a week or two with the family in the hospital and re-entering into the home, but after that short period of time, they went back to their jobs, and the wife was left at home to tend to the baby. And the days passed, and the weeks pass, and the first few months pass, and slowly a ball of resentment started to grow from these women. They were at home, these individuals who were top of their career professionally, now limited within four walls of their home with this small creature demanding their attention, taking away their sleep and their energy, and just completely cannibalizing their whole lives, while the husbands, though out at work, were seeing the world, going to different cities, able to eat dinner at restaurants, going out to the bar with their colleagues, able to somewhat live their lives. Now, these husbands were not assholes. They were not monsters. They would come back home, tend to the baby. They were not cheating. They were very much there for their wives when they were out. They would FaceTime. They would still be in communication with them. But the wives were growing this irrational irrational resentment and anger towards the husbands. And this was causing a problem, and partially the reason why they kept to come see me is because she, the women would not understand why they were getting so angry, and the men were starting to get frustrated at being the punching bags of the women. But think about it. In both of those scenarios, the women barely ever left their house for two, three, four months, maybe to go to Publix, maybe to go pick something up, maybe to go see a family member. But for the most part, their lives, which were full, fully formed, 
socially, professionally, in so many different capacities, became limited and solely motherly, while the men were now dads, but also living out the rest of their lives. They were not bad people, but they had something that the mothers no longer had. And this is a tricky situation, because the men couldn't drop their jobs that would financially ruin the family. They couldn't limit the amount of traveling that they could, did, because they that was part of the job. The women couldn't go to work because they had no childcare. And the men were doing what they could given the circumstances, but there was very little else that they could do in terms of being there and present. So what is one to do in that kind of situation? Well, it goes back to some of the things that we brought up earlier in this episode and towards the end of this. There was an absence of recognition of what the moms had lost. The men were saying, hey, you don't have to work, so this isn't that bad, which, just real quick, never say that. Never say that to a mom. Never say that to your wife. In fact, just probably just never say that to anyone unless you're looking for a problem. Because if you tell someone, hey, your life is easier, you only have this one thing to do. You only have to clean the house. You only have to take care of a baby. You only have to blank. Not only are you being accidentally condescending, but you also are undermining that that still requires work, takes effort, and is still valuable. It's not a competition. One person working, the other one taking care of and managing a home is not greater than the other. It's different kinds of effort. So the lack of talking and listening to the plight of one person while also undermining what their efforts were contributing led to elevated conflict and resentment. Furthermore, when the husband would come home, he would try to rest because he had been working. And the thing is, when was the wife, when was the mother resting? Because though she did not have a job, she did not stop working for the baby. And that is a huge issue. And it goes by quietly because we do have this weird 1915s Americana expectation that women should just keep on taking care of their children without making a complaint because they have less to do than the working professional in the home. But that's not how it goes. It's very difficult. And postpartum depression spawns and thrives from that sense of enclosure that women do tend to get from this kind of situation. And once again, what is one to do? Because the men can't get out of their job, but the women are having to stay as mothers. But again, as we close up for today's episode, you have to consider that talking and listening to one another is absolutely critical. And that means listening to dark, condescending thoughts that the other person might have, but also recognizing on how to be able to alleviate that. Pacing outings. Setting time for each other. A lot of people, because they are being torn apart by the circumstances of being a newfound family, they no longer set up time for either a date or to have tea together or to just sit down and enjoy each other's company without talking about problem solving or family rearing. So that is absolutely key. Furthermore, a big red flag is that 
Families tend to make their support system the backbone of the relationship. Oh, just call your in-law and they'll take care of the baby. Oh, just call my mom and they'll come and take care of it. Well, support is good and helpful and it's supposed to fill the ridges, but it cannot become the backbone. Because once you do that, that not only disenfranchises the other partner in the relationship, but also it means that another person has entered into your proverbial kitchen. Their opinions, their thoughts, their expectations are now being mixed in. And that actually adds to an already strenuous situation. It is good to have support when you now are expanding your family, but support is supposed to fill in the edges and not become a fundamental part of the family. You added one person, you shouldn't be adding two to four more. Don't ever ignore the comments of the mother. Again, postpartum thrives when a mother feels like they have to not say anything because they should just be gracious, that they have a beautiful kid and that their family is expanding. No, if there is a comment that they make, you don't undermine it, you don't ignore it, you attend to it because them letting it out is an opportunity not only for solutions, but for also receiving support. Be very mindful of that. Finally, one last piece of advice. Much like support, books, mommy blogs, support groups, all of those things are fine and dandy and great resources for information, but they also are very linear. They basically tell you that you have to manage your kid and your newfound family in one way, and that's the only way. And the problem with that is these books are designed to give you information, but they're not designed to be a one-size-fits-all. You quickly find out in parenting, not everything makes sense, not everything works out the way you want it to. And when you try to do it that way and you make an error, didn't follow something that the book said, something in the timeline of how a kid grows up is off kilter, that you are doing something that is not good for the progression and development of the child, all of a sudden you are a failure as a parent. So those, though those items are very useful, you cannot use them in excess because they actually become an inhibitor to not only how you manage your home, but also your psyche. There's a lot to this, and I hope that this was at least helpful with respect to being able to understand certain things that get lost in the minutia. But with that, we're done for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions, if you wanna to write to us, you can do so at writing to us on Gmail at sometalesfromthechair at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at sometalesfrom, and you can like, subscribe, and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all the other providers. And, well, thank you again, and we'll talk again next week.